Blog Talk Radio. This pot smells delicious, and it's the base for our ultimate beef stew. Beef stew. Now we're talking about beef stew. Beef stew. Try this beef stew. Try this beef Yeah. Here's another one. Come up. Come up. My disclaimer.
Hey, 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 hey. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. You know who it is. It's your man, DJ Big Stew, back this week with some hot jams, some hot, hot jams. Shout out to that artist right there, Dre and Nicole. That's that joint disclaimer, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to A-Train Entertainment. Shout out to my man, A-Train. Y'all might know A-Train. Y'all do know A-Train. Famous, legendary Harlem Trotter and also CEO of A-Train Entertainment, you know what I'm saying? Big shout out to him. Um, shout out to Jackson Promotions and all that, you know what I mean? Shout out to us at Beast Stew Radio. Shout out to College Underground Radio. You definitely can hear DJ Big Stew up there. Shout out to everybody on Twitcher, uh, Stitcher. Shout out to everybody on um, Google Play. Shout out to everybody on iTunes. Shout out to everybody on iHeart. Shout out to everybody that listens to us all over the court. Definitely shout out to everybody on Blog Talk Radio. And shout out to all the people that listen to us live on Facebook. Um, today's show is a, is a great show and a good show. It's a great show and a sad show, I should say. Because it was a great show because I want to announce today that, we, before I've announced that, I want y'all to make sure y'all follow me at facebook.com slash DJ Big Stoop. Also follow me at Beef Stoop Radio number 11 on Twitter. And also follow me on Instagram, Beef Stoop 110. All right? Now, getting back to what I'm about ready to say, why it's a good show. And it's a great show and it's a sad show. And I'm going to talk about them both. I'm going to break it down to you guys today. It's a good show because our film, The Uncelebrated Pioneer, right, got nominated for, I mean, got accepted to two film festivals today. Today is the day we got accepted to two film festivals. Shout out to the Hip Hop Film Festival and also shout out to the Grove Film Festival out in New Jersey. Both of these guys have gave us um, letters today about our film. Now, it's a sad day because I checked out a film today. And the film I checked out today is a great film. It's a beautiful film. It was done and directed great, you know? I mean, it was done and directed great. And it's, it's a sad film for me because one of the, the, one of the it's a true story. And it's based on cats from my neighborhood. You know, I know family members of them. My kids know members of them. And, you know, and one of the one of the members is actually one of my homeboys' little brother. Two of my homeboys' little brother. But one of the brothers that I really hung with back when I was younger, that's their little brother. For those of y'all that don't know, I'm talking about this movie when, that's on Netflix right now that everybody's talking about when they see us. It's Central Park Five. Yes, myself, DJ Big Stu, I am from East Harlem. Grew up right down the block from Schaumburg Plaza. Actually, in my film, you will see Schaumburg Plaza. You will see guys in my film, the uncelebrated pioneer, who's even more closer to members of the Central Park Five than I, than even know them better than I know them, you know? That's like, they're like family, family, family. You know what I'm saying? So that film really got to me, you know, when I watched it. it was de- I know a lot of things were true back then, you know. I knew a lot of things were true. And, you know, in my neighborhood, you know, we always knew they was innocent. We never believed it. We never believed the news. We probably, you know, in, in Harlem, especially East Harlem, we never, everybody was like they railroaded them boys. Every parent, everybody knew it. Just how it went down. I knew it because I was friends 
with Corey Weiss's brother, his brother Mike. We was really friends when we was younger, back when we was like 13, 14, back in the B-Boy days. The, with the, the times that I'm actually talking about my film. And I'm actually talking about Mike and him, because in my film, this, The Uncelebrated Pioneer, I talk about cats who started riding the dirt bikes first, be, while, while hip, cats ride the dirt bikes in hip-hop now. Like, you see Meek Mills and all of them on dirt bikes. I started with for the original cats when hip-hop first began. The cats who brought the dirt bikes into the hip-hop scene was the Shaq crew. My man Mike was a member, was one of the main members of the Shaq crew. And I spoke to two of the main members. Shout out to Ski and shout out to Lil Trent. Well, their homie, their compadre, Mike is the brother, is the, the older brother of Corey Weiss. And I know the other brother, Vic. And I also knew the brother, Norman. Keep it real, which I knew the brother, Norman, too. And, um, you know, when we was little, back in the days, maybe like twice or something, I went with Mike to his house maybe like twice. When you're young, you know how you do when, you, when you're hanging out with your friends and y'all, y'all, and y'all go to school. You be like, yo, come to my house at lunchtime. Maybe like twice, you know, and a couple of times he came in my park. Because we only live down, like, they live on Fifth Avenue or Hunter Street. We live like, we live like on a... Uh, 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 Lexington and the Huntington Street. That's like two blocks away from each other. We all live across the Huntington Street. That's why we say across the Huntington Street. You know, we all grew up. And as we got a little older, we went our separate ways. We all started doing stuff in the street, but we went our separate ways, you know. My neighborhood, their neighborhood where they was hanging out was known for <clears throat> back then in the, seven, the 80s, the 70s. The, the, the early 80s, cats were selling dust. Cats in my neighborhood were selling hair on. Cats in other neighborhoods were selling different stuff, you know? So we, we all went different places and went different journeys. But we would see each other in jams. we see each other, like, in clubs like Harlem World. We would see each other, like, walking to Lenox Avenue and stuff like that or whatever it was, carnivals, anything, Harlem Week, you know, and you still, and you still show your man love and stuff like that. And I always remember seeing his brothers, both of his brothers, his brothers Norman and his and his um little brother, his youngest brother, Corey. I remember seeing them in the thing. And the and the worst part about this film is that just to know that when I see what he went through, it has me going just like I'm so mad. Like, you know, because he's the type of guy my neighborhood loves. And even more now, they love him even more. He walks through the neighborhood right now, still a little Corey Wise. You know what I'm saying? And shout out to Raymond and you and Yusef. Yusef is my people's. Um, um, Kevin Richardson. I I was walking. I used to see when I remember when Kevin Richardson first came home, and I know he was giving me the eye like, "Is this somebody that's gonna say something funny?" But I gave him a pound way back then. This is even way before. Yeah, I remember he he, he probably was just walking, having a job. He my friend, and we became friends on Facebook. And, you know, here and there, I, I throw a shout to them or like a page, like something he's throwing up. Definitely, or I, or I share their joint, you know, promote it. But I remember when I first seen him, when he first came home, and he was like, you know, he was working. You could tell he was working. He was he was to himself. He was walking back from the train station, Lexington, going towards Fifth. And I would see him when I was working. And I would, and I would say, and I would say, what's up to the brother? I would be like, what's up, my brother? And he'd be like, hey, what's up? You know what I'm saying? And I guess after a while, they got used to people starting saying, they got love when they came home, but you know there were so many different places where people were saying they hated them and treated them so bad. You know, cause the, the the rapers and all the you know with the Central Park jogging rape rape that happened. But I remember seeing him. I remember all these dudes. I remember seeing Raymond Santana many many times. I remember even bumping into Reyes quite a few times in my neighborhood. You know. 
And it's crazy when you see it on film and these are people that you know, you know, and it's bug. And one thing I got to say, them brothers are the strongest brothers you could ever meet, man. They was young. I, I remember the size Corey was back when that happened because it's my neighborhood. Everybody talks, you know. When things like that happened, when I got locked up out of town, everybody was talking because me and my boys, we wasn't as big as their situation, but we got locked up and we made the newspaper out there and everybody in my neighborhood had a copy of a newspaper from another state and I was locked up in. And everybody was telling me, yeah, we seen that y'all made the newspaper. So imagine these guys. You know, they was the biggest thing in the nation at that time. And you know, and it was for a different type of thing, you know. Ours was like, you know, some street drug stuff. Their thing was like, you know, um, straight up, you know, something that they didn't even do, you know what I'm saying? Neither one of us did it, but you know what I'm saying? And they didn't they didn't commit no rape. And that's a hard thing to go to jail and and face. And, you know, they went to juvie, but you still go to problems in juvie, and they, and they dealt with it. But Corey, the size he was and the age he and then, you know, me looking back and knowing the size he was, like, He's not even my little brother, but when you see the movie, knowing him from the neighborhood, it makes me mad. You know, it makes me like, wow, I wish I, I wish I could have been there to be like helping the brother. Or I, I know a lot of my cats in my neighborhood wish they could have been there. And another thing I know, cats, is like when you find out it was a Harlem dude that was helping the police, you know, beat up a brother. You know, it makes you even more mad because we don't supposed to do that in Harlem. But I seen an interview with Corey, and he was real, real cool. And he said, yeah, I ran up on that brother again on 125th Street, and he was with his peoples. And I told him, you know, I said, nah, he a sellout. He, you know, he didn't even swing on him. He, he still wasn't violent. He said, you, he said, yo, you can't do nothing to me. Because I, I don't bother nobody. I don't do nothing to nobody. So doing something to me is just, you just fucking with me. He said, you was a sellout. You worked it for the, you worked it for the white man. And now when this brother look at that film and you see everything he was doing for, 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 I mean, I don't want to tell you how to move, but it's just, it's just crazy. You know what I'm saying? And you know what I'm saying? I, I, you know, his moms were strong. My man Vic was strong. My man Mike, obviously, last time I seen Mike, I seen Mike maybe like about five, five or six years ago. Maybe maybe something like that. And he was he was working on um he I was in the lower east side, he was working on a he's working on a, a private company garbage truck, you know. And I was working housing at the time, you know. I had a job too, you know. And um I was working for the housing authority lower east side. And me and me and I seen my man on Avenue D and we talked, but he was working and I was working. But we, we talked for a brief few minutes, man. And you know, I always you know I was like and that's the first thing I said to him and then I don't think his brother was out yet. I don't know if they was out yet. They might have been just getting out. He might have been out. I don't know. They might have just been getting out. But I remember asking him how his little brother was, you know. And you know that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? And people don't even know what 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 type of just to do that thirteen, fifteen years for something you ain't do. Fifteen years you hold strong like he could have easily just said I did it, copped out, held strong. And when you see him now, he's still a peaceful dude, you know. His face says, I've been through some shit, you know. You can see him, you know. You know, a lot of cats, when they when they be, when they be definitely scrapping up, hitting up the burner, and, 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 and banging out in prison, you know, they come, they come back looking real, real rough, no matter how old you was, you know. No matter how old you was. You know what I'm saying? Prison make, make a brother that's 
Make, you know, it, it, I won't say it ages a brother because some brothers be a little more healthier in prison, believe it or not. But it just gives them the hard, the hard not look. You know what I'm saying? And you can see it. You know, you can see them. You can see the bro been through some joints, man. You know, and he and he survived it, man. And he survived it. And he and he and then he come home. You know, he could have said fuck the world and everything, man. The brother donated money. The rest of them is doing all type of good stuff with their families. Let's take Raymond Santana, man. You know, to come home, you know, you, you your grandmother's not there no more. You know, that's when you left your grandmother. You was living with your grandmother, and your dad. You come home and your and your your father. You know, he he has to live his life. And he got another. You got a little brother now, and the wife treats you like you shouldn't be there. This is your grandmother. That's some hard shit, man. You know and. To call you a rapist and you're not a rapist. And her whole family and everybody, when you come there, you have to walk around everybody treating you like a rapist and you're not a rapist. Everybody treating all these guys like a rapist. You know? Like a rapist. A brother, Antoine, talking to a girl, the first thing girl throwing his face, you're a rapist. For years, I think, to me, they're the strongest brothers in Harlem right now at this point. I have to give them that title. Growing up in my hoods, we got all type of legends. We got the, the Rich Porters, we got Alpos, you know, and, uh, you know, we got, we got legends. Pee Kirkland, we got all that in Harlem, you know what I'm saying? Freddie Myers, you know what I'm saying? A lot of y'all were going to say Frank Lucas, but, you know, Frank Lucas is a legend, but I don't, you know, a lot of that story got to get, you know, got to get checked out. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, but it is what it is. You know, everybody from Harlem know what it is. But he was out. Frank Lucas was, you know, Blue Magic and all that. But at the time, it was a lot of big players. You know, he had this thing going, but his brother, you know, there's people that say his brothers was the man. But back to the story. Um, It's deep. I advise all of y'all, if you haven't seen when they seen us, go check it out. See what, and this lady, uh, the prosecutor lady, how could you live with yourself? How could you live with yourself right now? She's writing books. Off of this thing, she, she's getting paid. Off of this thing, she started writing books like, because she prostituted these, prosecuted these kids. And she did it cheating. She had a hard-on for black boys to lock them up because they played in Central Park like we didn't have the right to play in Central Park. Now, another thing one of the guys said, I don't know if it was you, Seth, or Raymond. I, I've been looking at the interviews ever since I checked out the film, right? One of the guys said, yo, when we little, Central Park is right across the street from us. That's what we do. And that is true. Central Park is right across the street from Schaumburg. And Central Park is three blocks away from us on Lexington. And we played in Central Park all the time. We went to Central Park Pool. We went to Ice Skate in Central Park. We went fishing in Central Park Lake right there. You go right there to the house. Before that, when I was little, we used to go there and get on the boats. We lived, we, that's our neighborhood. That's our neighborhood. They try to put them down. They lie. They try to put them down by the reservoir. That's downtown, west side. Ain't no smart kids is going to really go that far and do that. That's a long way from home. You might as well come out the park and take the bus. Now, the night, you know what I'm saying? Now, they have a precinct over there on the east side of the reservoir. 
It was, you know, like towards the middle. They have a precinct over there. Central Park police. They they regular police is just a precinct. They was crooked. And they was part of the and they was where they were designated, everything to them was white. You had to think about that. Everything in the area where they was at, they dealt with everything white in Central Park. They dealt with everything in Central Park. Now I'm gonna tell y'all the wilding thing, the the wild thing. What they did having fun like that been going on since my time. My age group. It it starts like this. It's not even something that we say, yo, we go wild. It's not something like that. It's something where it might have been a party in the community center, somebody community center, and there's a bunch of different cats from different projects who know each other, some who don't know each other. Next you know, it leads on to the street cats just making money, you know, like, oh, oh, being fun and having fun. Almost like when you see, now I'm going to tell you, you see White kids do this every time a hockey game, but they'll break people's cars and stuff like that and bring down the, the poles and stuff. But the same thing, you know, when, when everybody's like, oh, oh, you see this all the time. But when black kids do it or Hispanic kids do it, it's wild. But what it really was is Chats used to get, and somehow Chats always ended up near Central Park because Central Park is an open space area. So you're not just beating up people. No, you don't even really beat up nobody. Somebody may come through and you may make some noise, and that's what they play. And then when it showed them, that's what they did, and that's what most these kids did for my time. It's like we might walk by some people, ah, make some noise and bob, and you kids, you do stupid shit like that. Everybody has a time, especially any kid that was outgoing, had a time doing shit like You don't go to rape nobody. You don't go to do nothing like that. You're more or less playing follow the leader and shit. You're more or less running through the woods, trying to get scared, do daring shit. You know what I'm saying? Now, as years may went on, they might have got a little more, a little more tiny bit from what it seems, but they didn't beat nobody up like it was said, but my tiny bit aggressive of scaring people a little bit. My days, it was really about just running through and niggas just running through the park like a mob and really just who could run up these mountains, who could do this, who could do that, who, some crazy stupid shit. Not, now, I ain't going to lie. You know, you might see a pretzel stand. Two niggas, two cats might snatch a pretzel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it wasn't like, like maybe like now you see the kids that take the whole stand and turn the stand over or, or hurt the pretzel man. We were, we didn't do that. Nah. We did, we did, we did like more vandalism, you know, and that was a day that, you know, you vandal. Now, when they went to their day, I remember seeing a bunch of kids. I was I was at that time I was out I was in the street hustling. To keep it real with you. I was in the street hustling. I remember seeing a bunch of cats, you know, walking deep. And you know, you first see that, you're like, what the fuck are you dudes bro? But then when I see them go to Central Park, you know, and you say, Oh, little niggas gonna go in there and be gonna do the same shit we doing and you might talk about, yeah, they doing the same shit we used to do back like marvelling up. And it started, you know, and it just had to start it had to start somewhere. And it started as somewhere where everybody was together. Might have been in a train station, might have been in this place, you know what I'm saying? It might have been one place where everybody was together making a little noise and didn't catch it. So, yo, let's, fuck it. let's just go here. And that's how that starts. It doesn't be like, yo, let's go wild and, and go beat up people and beat them up. No, it starts off a joking. And just like, yo, let's go hop the train. Let's go right on some walls. 
their thing. That's that's what those kids were doing that night in Central Park. That was a true tradition, and it didn't have a day to do it. It was just, it was something that could happen if, say, if a community should have a party and everything go right. Cats is having the ball, and they just out there in the streets playing. You know, being kids. None of those kids' blood turned out to be the blood. Now, let's take Reyes, when I used to see him. I had a pit bulls. I had about two pit bulls at the time. I used to like to go to Central Park and let and be by the Snake Hill and let my and let my dogs run run in the little grass by the Snake Hill. It's like a little garden right there. You know, it's a little garden. People go in and like on the hundred sixth street and they can go in and you know, walk around. But I'd be on the back of the garden with my dogs by the little rocks in the hill. And Snake Hill is right there. Some people walking up Snake Hill, some people take the shortcut and walk up through the woods. I used to always see this cat coming down through the woods. And I used to be um, Reyes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the one who turned himself, uh, you know, the one who, who told himself in. You know, the one who said, yeah, it was me. The one who meant that he did it. I used to see him always coming down. And I used to always feel like that was strange, you know. But I used to be like a weird little kid, you know. Like, he's younger than me. So I used to be like, this little shorty, like, weird, you know. Always looking like, He's running from something, though. You know what I'm saying? But he didn't not looking like he bloodied and raped and just raped somebody, but looking like he running from something. Like you got to watch him. So back then, you probably say maybe he might have robbed somebody, man, or you know, you might be thinking he a little, he might be on the down low sneaking from the woods or something. He, he didn't want nobody to see him. It was just strange things. I used to just see him, and I remember seeing him. And I used to remember seeing him on Third Avenue walking sometimes. And when I seen his face, I was like, oh, that's the kid. I was like, I know that kid. And but I'm glad he did what he did. You know what I'm saying? You know, the, the you know, some people be saying the jogger, you can't get mad at the jogger. She don't even remember that. You know, she was hurt, brutally hurt. And what happened to her was not deserving too. You know what I mean? You have to always admit that. What happened to her, no woman deserves to go through that. What happened to her. You know what I'm saying? Nobody, period. Women or men. But you know, she she got she got she called she was you know, if you looked at if you was back in the eighties back then, when when homeboy did uh he, he beat her down. And when you see how he beat her down, that's you know, you if you thinking that's your sister or your mother or your cousin or your friend or just a, a, a regular somebody, that's you know this dude was brutal with her, and she's lucky to be alive. But I think she I think she should sit down with the Central Park Five herself, and I know it might be hard because but I they both victims. I think if she hurts herself, sit down with the Central Park Five, that could heal. Both of them, because the guy, the only the her justice is God. Might not be satisfying, but it's God. You know, Reyes is in jail for life. He's going through what Corey went through now. You know what I mean? And he's probably even going through more that the movie come out. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, rape, rape guys, and he's in there for life. So he can, he can get killed in there. He might not even make it to just die of an old age. 
You know, he he can get to be an old man and be doing his time as a young Aryan want to come and kill him. That's his life now. Now, Corey and them, they got money. And some people say, oh, yeah, they got millions of dollars. That I don't know if that can bring that back what they've been through. If you haven't seen the film, you see the film, you're going to be like, it can smooth things out. And they're young enough to do some new things where they can build a business and have a happy life from there on after. And unfortunately, this was meant for their path. God meant this path for them. But he, he he definitely made them prosper. And they definitely, it ain't no easy road. The average person could probably couldn't even take that road they took. Probably would have killed themselves. So I don't think 7 million, 12 million could answer for all that. What they've been through. The humiliation the family been through. You know? I don't think so. So what about the police officers? What happens to them? They got pensions. They got pensions. They oh, that's a six guy. You should have said it was a hundred. If it was a hundred kids in the park, how do you know it was only six of them? You they you know what I'm saying? That's something that nobody asks. There's a hundred kids in the park. There's a hundred kids doing stuff. You say there's a hundred kids, but you talk about six of them. But I want to say in short, man, what I want y'all to do is I want y'all to definitely be able to for my film. And it's definitely going in the hip-hop film festival, definitely going in the Grove Film Festival, both this summer, um, the Action on Film Festival. You know, we, 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 we I think we had um, eight, 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 eight joints right now. So I'm very, I'm very happy. Now, oh, I want to, so like, I want to tell you, like, when I was telling you, the, the connection of my film, like I said, you know, Schaumburg Plaza is in my film, is where Magnificent Seven Ray Vaughn and his crew, and, you know, and his crew was Corey White's older brother, Vic. They, he used to be rolling with the Magnificent Seven, you know, in the Schaumburg family. All of them is from Schaumburg Plaza. So it's like, like I said, you know, that, that film really touched home to me. That film really kind of made me upset for a brother from my neighborhood, from brothers from my neighborhood, you know what I mean? From cats from my neighborhood. But I'm so glad, you know, that they got to tell a story. I'm so glad they got exonerated and got they just do and actually got to live to see their exoneration. You know, sometimes people get exonerated when they die. Them brothers got to live and see their exoneration. They got to walk around, and people get to see their story and see what they was doing. And people that doubted them and lied on them got to bow down to them, you know? Donald Trump can't even say thank you. He took out a million-dollar ad on the boys. You know? He took out a, uh, you know, he can't even say sorry. He can't even say sorry. You know what I'm saying? This is, this is, this is crazy. He can't even say, yo, guys, wow, you know, you guys deserve it. Donald Trump should pay them a million dollars himself. He tried to put them in a death penalty. Right now, his son is dead guilty. He's fighting like crazy. See how, see, you see how, you know, the world works? 
his son will be locked up. Unless, you know, they cheat or something. But just think about it. Look how the world works out. His son, Donald Trump's son now, is facing time and charges and getting away with it, but scared to death. But the funny thing is, karma is crazy. And when the world we live in, and if you believe in God, it's going to it's going to all work out for itself. All right. So, like on that note, I want y'all to do that, man. Make sure y'all go check out that, man. Go to Netflix, man. And I'm not just saying it because there's a movie about cats from my hood. People I know, my my boys, brothers, or whatever, I'm saying it's a good-ass movie, and it's a true story. I'm co-signing because I lived in the neighborhood. I'm co-signing because I seen, you know, the, the, the how they was rounding up the kids. I'm co-signing because I watch Homeboy every day still, and when I go see my mother in the neighborhood, and I run here and there, I, I see Corey in the hood, you know? He's he's still in the hood, you know what I'm saying? He still walks through, says what's up, still goes to, I see him going to the same chicken chicken joint on Fifth Avenue, you know what I'm saying? Getting his little chicken, I see him walking up on 11th Street, you know what I'm saying? And people probably don't even know that's one of, now people probably don't even know that's one of them Central Park Five kids, you know what I'm saying? Because he's a grown man now. And he definitely looks like an older man now. But, you know, people don't even know that. But, you know, that touched home. You know what I'm saying? And um, I was glad they got their story out. And, um, you know, the director, you did a, she does, she did a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous job. Like, that was a tremendous job. So make sure y'all go to Netflix. Y'all check that out. You know what I'm saying? Y'all make sure y'all do that, man. We got some more music coming on, man. You know what I'm saying? We got some more music coming on. I'm going to play right now a couple of artists from my homie label. You know what I'm saying? They got some joints. I've been playing them. Long. We have we have already had a couple in the rotation. You know, we yeah 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 know about yeah yeah got at me about the Matt Smooth joint. You know what I'm saying? So you know I'm about ready to play that again for y'all. You know what I'm saying? Beast the radio, but I like I told y'all, I make sure, man. Y'all make sure y'all support some people, man. I might come back and tell y'all some more. Oh, make sure you go to our Roku TV channel, right? Add it. He's through Radio TV. Add it to your smart TV. Then rate it. Give us a five star. Come on. You give us what you want, but I probably you give us a five star. Don't show the love. Let's get it. The new joint, make sure y'all see it. I got to say it one more time before I give y'all some music. When they see us, the Central Park Jogging Store.
double it down, Paul. Do your magic. Yeah. We rolling that nigga. Uh. Pause down, baby. You know I like to have fun. Yeah. When the last time you heard one of these. Myself, I couldn't remember nothing at all The baby wanted me to surrender
money counter keep running. Add it up, add it up. Just took a look in the safe. Just to make sure I was straight. DJ whip with the bass. Check out my mix, yeah, yeah. Bad shots, check out my blinks. Lou Tang, check out my kicks. Diamonds fail when I check out my bitch. Sandwich spread, that's a miracle whip. Wrist work, that's a miracle zip. I cook in the dish. Give me my rod, I'm searching for fish. Cocaine, one hell of a bitch. Ooh, Lord, everything be nasty. I'm just searching for the cash, yeah. I'ma go give me a bag, yeah. When it now was in last, yeah. Till I got up and went full flesh. Fuck half, I want full bread. I'ma show you how to go and get them blue bitches, yeah. I be catching plays like the NBA, yeah. I be stacking shit to call it Frito Lay. Call me a producer, cause I got the bass. Shit, I been getting money, no minimum wage. Shit, I be getting money, talking blue bitches. I be getting money, talking blue bitches. I be getting money, talking blue bitches. Do whatever for the paper, we gon' go and get it.
feeling They never be winning Dark shades on my face You but yoko like linen No compensations for fakes Cutting their heads off of snakes Tied shoes I never trip Told my Don't give me no lip If you know me You don't know me If you lost me Then you own me If you saw me You ain't seen me If you see me Don't approach me Lying to themselves Nick be calling for hell Every day We lit My ego won't take no shit People be doing the most Get you some class And get out of coach I wanna win Pass me the ball I call other plays like the
let that money pile up. Best thing to do is let that money pile up. Best, best thing to do is let that money pile up. I done fucked it all up, I was a young wild nigga. Best thing to do is let that money pile up. Best, best thing to do is let that money pile up. Best thing to do is let that money pile up. I done fucked it all up, I was a young wild nigga. Hey, it's your boy Doom. And when I'm in Harlem, I'm out here with the boy Big Stew. DJ Big Stew on B Stew Radio. Yeah. What's the case, nigga? I done came. 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 I Nigga with a light fade, no creative player, but I'm player made. Black out, smoking Mary J. I'm in black shades, I'm Johnny Cage. Green in my left, hoes to my right, these flows got me center stage. This is my book of life, man. You ain't even read the first page. No regard for life, mixing in the bank. God damn it, I'm black. Ripping in the jam, blowing hella hands, telling bitch get naked. Oh, back, nigga, I'm purple herb. No words, no words. My smallest chain is on snow blur. My big chain is like iceberg. That mean that we Titanic. My pinky ring is on gigantic. See these wide sales and I'm standing in. And these hating niggas just can't stand it. This for all the nights that I never panic. Nina in my hand, why this bitch jamming? If I keep slipping, the nigga gon' jam me. I can't watch my daddy cry in front of my mammy. Don't sleep until I get a Grammy. Yeah, the good Lord bring back my granny. Damn. One of them things just ain't gon' happen Welcome to the pack, I keep on snapping Welcome to the jungle, bitch, what's crackin'? I might be Russell, depending who at me Is you the pants, a nigga you jackin', what's up? Bitch, the loudest, what's up, I'm taking chances All the girls that I used to love, love, they was dancing My chain gold and my bitch broke, and still want that battle Knockin' at the Lord, no, but it's ain't in my way,
this whip stolen, I'm taking chances. No noise. Fuck nigga, you ain't making no noise. You ain't making no noise. Fuck nigga, you ain't making no noise. You ain't making no noise. Fuck nigga, you ain't making no noise. You ain't making no noise. Fuck nigga, you ain't making no noise.
wanna start Push that button for ignition Get me deep on the incision Give me roll on your permission Faded like yeah on that part Finish race now is my mission I'm feeling risky Making constant decisions Got you moaning like a mute In this most sit position Look I ain't searching for no romance Hugging the road Agile but no room for handstands Find the mediums So the future in your first glance Crashing mediums Man these roles gon' make me break this I won't set up a less Pretty my son on your dress I'ma miss you when you don't Get you when I see you next Man Cobra on the flex He spot you in the text You so good at sliding depth They don't notice that you step We don't engage in small talk We both know what we came for No pit stops The flag drops Got pedals to the floor Go Try this beef. 